Christmas Eve, we sang of the holy night, reminding ourselves of the weariness of the darkness of the world and how with Christmas and with Jesus, light had broken. Not an artificial light, but the true light of Jesus had broken over the horizon. And we experienced the thrill of hope that comes with that light. That's my favorite sentence. That's my favorite line in that song. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Jesus has come. As I was reading the scripture from John that we shared this morning that Sandy just read to us, I was struck by several sentences. Verse 10 begins, He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him. Jesus came to the very world he created. Remember in verse 1 of John, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus. And the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Jesus was there at the beginning, our beginnings, the universe's beginning. At our beginning, Jesus was present. He was there in creation. Scripture says, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is who Jesus is. That is what Jesus came for. That light sums up his mission in the world, to overcome the true darkness of life and to offer the true light of life in its place. And yet we read, as we see God become man and come into the world that he helped to create, that same world, his own people, reject him. The world itself, the people of Christ, closed their eyes to Christ and failed to see him. Our hearts should ache at those words. There's tragedy contained in that sentence. He came to the world which was his own, but his own would not receive him. The idea begs the question, Jesus has come, now what? See, because we respond to Christ every moment of every day. We lean into our faith, we lean into our understanding, we lean into our obedience, or we close our eyes. You may think in not responding to Jesus, you're not responding, but it's a response. Jesus has come, what do we do with him? Many of us pack up our Christmas trees, put away everything, and move on. Some of us do it too early. <laughs> Some of us just go back to, you know, and I've had the thought myself, you get tired by the end of the holiday and you think, oh, I just want everything to go back to normal. And then the Holy Spirit gives you a, a wake-up call. Really? How was normal? Jesus has come. Everything should be different. The light has come. And yet we close our eyes and invite our own personal darkness. We can't do that. The idea of Jesus 
should elicit a reaction within us. It did in other people. We hear it in scripture over and over again. We heard it in the Christmas story. The shepherds came in wonder. And they fell on their knees and worshipped an infant. Then they left the manger and told everyone what they had just done. They became instant evangelists. In one glorious moment, they all became preachers. The, The wise men traveled great lengths to find him, and they weren't even of the Jewish faith. But they sought him out. They came to see this child king. They brought him gifts. As the magi were traveling and searching for God, they went to the home of King Herod and they began to ask, where can we find this child Messiah? Scripture says that Herod responded to Jesus. It says he became very afraid and very fearful And so he called together the wisest people to advise him. Where is he? Herod asked. A grown man asking, where is the child? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said, just as the prophets predicted, there's the fear. This has happened. Now what? Jesus has come. What do we do? Herod sent the magi on to find Jesus, but in his fear... He hatched a plot. He said, come back after you find him so that I can go and worship him. Why was he so afraid? Because he knew, he knew deep down inside himself that God had indeed come, that the darkness in him would not be hidden from the light of the world. And in his fear, he turned to evil plotting and tried to have Jesus killed. People respond to Jesus. Some respond in wonder and worship. Others are drawn in from so far away you can't even imagine. And yet others close their eyes to the one who came to save and plot against him. You may say, well, I would never plot against Jesus, Pastor. Well, if you're not following the leader, you're actively choosing not to follow the leader. If you're stopping in your following, and Jesus is going on and looking back and saying, where'd you go? You were right behind me. What happened? Isn't that as bad as plotting? Jesus has come. Now what are you going to do with him? I love the response to Jesus that's recorded in Matthew chapter 2. I love the disciples. I love the commonness of them. I love when they make mistakes. I love it when, they, when Peter says things that are just unpredictable. I love that because I love the reassurance that God takes the most common people to do his work. I love that. And so I love the response to John the Baptist. John has been preaching and calling for repentance and telling people that the Messiah would soon come. John was a great witness and a powerful teacher, and he himself was kind of an oddball character. He had, though, disciples, students of his own that traveled with him and learned from his teaching. People knew who John was. Some even thought he might be the Messiah. 
But John was very plain in his speaking and in his teaching, and he reminded people that he was simply a voice calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. John was an indicator. That was his response to Jesus. He was a pointer, drawing attention to Christ, calling for people to be prepared, kind of like the hazard lights on your car, like, hey, something's happening here. You should be alert. Don't you, like when you're driving and you see somebody with their hazards on, you automatically, whoa, what's going on over there? You got to be careful. They need help. What do we, you start, you know, evaluating the situation. That was John. John was the hazard lights for Christ. And one day as he was teaching, John came, Jesus came toward John, and John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's who I've been talking about, he says. Look, Jesus, Jesus has come. Jesus is here. And the next day, John is with two of his disciples, and Jesus passes by, and John once again goes, look, there's the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples, two of his students who have invested time in following John immediately got up and left. They left and they followed Jesus. Talk about a rapid response. They were a rapid response team. And they, as they followed, Jesus took note of them and he turned around and he said, what do you want? And the two disciples wasted no time in responding. Rabbi, they asked, where are you staying? Kind of awkward, isn't it? First time you're meeting Jesus. First time you're meeting anyone. Have you ever met someone that you didn't know? Maybe someone known in your community, you know, like the mayor. Have you ever met the mayor? I've met the mayor. I didn't say, hey, what's your address? I'm going to come over and hang out. That's, that's not what you do. When Jesus said, what do you want? And they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? He doesn't say, I'm not going to tell you where I'm staying. That's strange. No, Jesus says, come and see. And so Jesus responds even to their awkward inquiry. Jesus responds, come and see, come and follow me. Jesus anticipated their response to him, and immediately God invites them to participate in a new way, in a new life. Come and see. Come and, and be part of this. Come and witness and worship and be made new. Come and see what will happen. Is that not the coolest thing? That we respond to God sometimes in all of our awkwardness, and it doesn't matter what we bring. He says, come and see. Just come with me. Just it, We'll work it out. Come and see. For Andrew, one of the disciples that had left John the Baptist to, to follow Jesus, wasn't enough to have just a rapid response to Jesus. It wasn't enough even for him to gain entry into Jesus' world. He left and went and found his brother, Simon, who would later be called Peter. And he said, we have found the Messiah. And he brought Simon to Jesus. He brought Simon, Peter, who would be the rock of the church, to Christ. Isn't it amazing to think of all of the varied responses to Jesus? In just these few stories, we've seen wonder and worship, questioning, rejection, fear. We've heard the warning words of John the Baptist calling for people to be prepared. And then we heard his cries of, look, 
There he is. We've seen the rapid response of the disciples, John and Andrew, and the evangelistic invitation that Andrew gave to Simon Peter as he brought his brother, literally brought him to Christ. Jesus has come, eliciting so many reactions. What is yours? Have you accepted him? Truly accepted him? In the words of the Grinch, has your heart grown three sizes? If you have accepted him, because many people would say, Pastor, I accepted him when I was seven. I went to the altar and I accepted. That's wonderful. Did you accept him again today? Have you let him overtake your life? Does he occupy your heart? Have you asked yourself, is every single thing that you do formed by your relationship with God? Every single thing, every thought, every statement, every invitation, every time you close your eyes or don't close your eyes, is every single thing that you do formed by your relationship with Christ? Is that your response to Jesus? The Gospel of John goes on to tell us that God has a response to us as well. Verse 12 says, To all who received him, who believed his name, he gave power to become children of God. To all who received him, he said, Come and see what it is to be my brother, my sister. Come and see. This relationship with God, it's all that we have. Everything else will fade away. Eventually. It is all that matters. Our response to God forms our salvation lives. It dictates our eternity. Our response is crucial. It's critical. And once we have responded for ourselves, do we become like Andrew, searching people out and saying, hey, I found Jesus and see. You have to come and see. Do we point to Christ like John the Baptist, going through our lives and saying, look, there's Jesus. The world can't find him right now. Amen? The world is looking. How many times have you seen people on social media say, why is it so bad? What can we do? Look, there's Jesus. What if as many people as posted about Betty White yesterday posted about Christ in one day? People were torn up about Betty White. I included. What if we poured that kind of energy into telling people about Jesus? People are, are planning on what would have been her 100th birthday to have a day of kindness. Isn't that what we're supposed to do every day? Christians, the world is looking for kindness. The world is looking for love. The world is looking for grace. And this scripture says that God heaps grace upon grace on his people. When we stop following, he comes back. Come on. He comes back and gets us. He doesn't leave us. When we've decided that we know better, he tolerates us and says, okay, we're going to keep working on it. And when we fall and worship 
on our knees, when we fall and worship on our faces the way the shepherds did, the glories of heaven. The world is looking for that. You see it everywhere. That is the thrill of hope that has broken when Christ comes. The thrill, we as Christians have the thrill of hope. Amen? Each moment of each day, we have a chance to respond to Christ's entry into the world. How will we respond? Jesus has come. What will we do with him? Today, we will respond collectively as we read our response to the world and worship with our words of affirmation. Will you please say these with me? Jesus Christ, brother of light, I believe. I believe that in the beginning was the promise, and the promise was with God, and the promise was God. I believe in the infinite, nurturing creativity of God, in the incarnate, crucified humility of God, in the intimate, inspiring equality of God. Jesus Christ, brother of light, I believe. We've said those words. Now let us live them.